Welcome to Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkgaard. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of Valerie, her guests, and callers. Now here's your host, Valerie Kirkgaard. This is for you. This is for you and me. And who we see when we see each other. This is for all, this is for all the time you tried to find your sister or your brother. And you're not crazy anymore, you've been waiting at the door. And it's time to open. You bet, it's totally time to open. Welcome to 2019 and our the first time, show of our 32nd year on radio. How about that? Uh, good morning, you American state nationals, you. You're listening to Waking Up in America. We're dynamic radio dialogues brought to you by Key Media, happily200.hghbreakthrough.com, brag, B-R-A-G-G.com, happily200.com, theconingcompany.com, Sir Jason Winter T., DrValerie.com and doctors all spelled out and the body can and it just keeps on doing it because Randy's running that one. Uh, <laughs> Jason on hair, you guys out there and women, you have to be careful that you don't put any of this stuff on your chest but you can check out Jason on hair. Uh, his his uh, email is, excuse me, <clears throat> his email is miraclestuff with three F's at gmail.com Uh and how about that? Let's get, let's just keep getting the numbers on this program growing. We've got a really dynamic, uh, gosh, Randy, what would you call our guest? He's one of the most versatile people I think we've had on air, wouldn't you say? He is. He's, he's right up there. We've had some really great guests, but, um, you know, he, one of my favorites in the past has been Roger Stone, and I don't, uh, I don't make any bones about it. And I love Jonathan Gilliam. He's one of my great friends, and we're, I'm just so happy to have him on today. I, Welcome and boy, does he have a voice to go with his resume, let me tell you. U.S. Yes, Navy does. SEAL, FBI Special Agent, Federal Air Marshal, Cyrus XM Radio Host, Network News Contributor, and Host of the Experts. We're going to get that one back on YouTube, Jonathan, and really pump it up here. Uh, for all of you who are listening to us, we want you to know that this program is... Uh, it's a little unorthodox in a way. Uh, we have people that actually contribute to us. Before the show, uh, Jonathan and Randy and I were talking about sponsorship and how sponsors don't let you say certain things on the radio. So we took it upon ourselves to have people contribute to us, much like um, you would contribute to PBS radio or something of that nature. So we have a wider variety of things that we can say. We just can't cuss and swear too much or Michael shut us down. Uh, so we're limited in that way, but we can say things that other sponsors don't put up with, such as Hitler. For some reason, you can't say Hitler. You get in trouble for that. Um, the, if you work for any of the big companies, they can sponsor, they can sponsor, um, you have to say diatribes against you in a way. Um, Jonathan, you were totally put down by one of the radio companies. Um Do you have anything you want to say about uh, the fact that you like to have your own radio show back again on the air? Because that voice of yours is just absolutely terrific. And we know darn well <laughs> that you would be uh, a great addition to um, Up Radio, your own yeah. show again. Would you like to let listeners know how you, quote, lost your show? Well, there was, I mean, well... I didn't lose my uh, social media show. What happened was, I mean, in, in the fact, I mean, I, I, I can still do it anytime I want because it's a social media show. You know, it's on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. But I, after the, the Parkman High School attack, um, I, you know, we had David Hogg and all these, uh, the Gomez girl, all these people come out of that school that were, I mean, they were trained activists. It's not like these are kids that, you know, that just uh, popped up out of nowhere and, and had a, a gripe against the Second Amendment. These were people that were trained. And so, um, you know, I brought that up to the forefront. While everybody was apologetic for people like David Hogg, uh, I, I took a stand against that, and I didn't, 
uh, I saw the real fear in it. The kid, you know, he's 19 years old, or excuse me, 17 years old at the time. In, in less than a year, he was going to be a voting age. And I, it, I, and I said, you know, this is dangerous. This is dangerous. Those, those kids are, um, they're spreading rhetoric uh, faster than the media can, can pump it out. And it's in lockstep with um, everybody else that was down there, Sheriff Israel, um, Debbie Washman Schultz, all from that same area. So when I criticized them, especially David Hogg, who's put out a video about, um, you know, speaking of cursing, he was cursing all through it, talking about how dumb uh, older people are and so on and so forth. And I let his own words speak, and I put it out there. And within, within uh, a week, I was banned on YouTube, and my reach on Facebook went from 750 to a million a night to about 1,300. Mm. So, incredible. You know. Yeah, it is totally incredible. And, and and if you have any comments that you want to make about what we're talking about today, you can actually uh, tweet Randy at uh, Randy. It's just Randy, Randy with an I at Randy Shannon with two N's. And uh, you can ask her a question. And uh, if, it, <laughs> if it gets past Randy, she'll she'll ask Jonathan. So you're you're welcome to do that. And this is the show that's actually recorded on January 5th, uh, Saturday of 2019. So if you're hearing this at another time, Randy would probably appreciate your tweet, but it has no possibility of going on the air because this show is actually bicycled to a number of stations, and that means we record in Albuquerque and it gets fed around and we have a global outreach, and that's very terrific. So we're very happy to have him here today, and we want you also to know that uh, we're a nation structured in Christian values and the Ten Commandments work, and we really appreciate them. It doesn't matter what religion or point of view, <coughs> religion or point of view you have, if you follow the Ten Commandments, you, the, the planet will improve. Uh, now, Jesus spoke in Aramaic in the Lord's Prayer actually means to pray, and to pray doesn't mean to fall down on your knees and beg God for something. Pray actually means to go out into the world and get that which is yours. So we want you to be able to do that safely. And one of the things that's special about Jonathan, did you want to mention your, your book, Jonathan? Yeah, uh, Sheep No More, The Art of Awareness and Attack Survival. Um, basically, it's a, a book of empowerment, but it teaches people how to look at their lives from an attacker's point of view, actually it teaches the attacker and the defender point of view, that's the technique attack and defend, but it teaches you to look at your life and consider the attacker's uh, viewpoint and how they would approach things and I basically lay it out how they develop target packages so you can do that on yourself and divide your life up into sectors and then turn around and defend against those sectors um, by using awareness or mitigation strategies or, or cameras and, and physical defenses that you can put up. And we actually have um, sometime within the next couple of months two workbooks that are going to be coming out. One is the attacker uh, threat assessment. Um, so it's going to be a workbook where you can do look at your whole life and divide your life up and do threat assessments on every part of your life. And then there will be a second workbook where you take all that information and you, you work off that information to develop mitigation strategies, uh, awareness, uh, standard operating procedures, or actual defensive measures. Um, that sounds extremely organized. Do you think the average person is able to work with that? Well, hopefully that, that the fact that the workbooks are organized, that they'll be able to use They're very simple. They're very simple. But you That's have what to read I needed them. to hear. <laughs> yeah. You have to read them. I'm feeling a little overwhelmed with not sure that I had enough to mitigate, you know? It, it's very simple. And, it, you know, especially, you know, if you have a radio show and your your voice is out there and your name is out there in this day and age of, of people doxing, you know, your address and your name and all this stuff, it's good to look and say, if I was somebody who hates me, how would I try to ruin or affect what I do? And you can forward think all of that. And once you figure that out, then you can turn around and you can set up realistic mitigation strategies. And that's what these workbooks do. That's what the whole series does. Well, I feel like I've been mitigated against by um, crooked government for at least 20, 30 years. Uh, we were talking before the show about the Clintons 
And um, I was asking you about Arkansas, and uh, do you mind telling that story to our listeners? Um, well, I used to. You talking about the one with uh, with Kevin Eyes and, and Don Earl? I think that's how uh-huh. you, what their names were. It's been so long since I've even mentioned those names. Um, basically, you know, it's interesting. If you look at, you can ask everybody that you know. I mean, anybody that listens to this can ask anybody they know and say, how many people do you know that have been murdered? And most people say either nobody or one or two people. Yeah, I unless know they've too. been in a mass killing situation. Um, but when we look at the Clintons, they know uh, upwards of 60 people who have been murdered. That are they're personally, they know them personally, which is statistically um, a clue. astronomical compared to most people. And the only two people I know that have been murdered are the two kids that were murdered on the railroad tracks in Arkansas that are rumored to have been murdered because they come across a, a drug deal um, that uh, the Clintons were involved with. And that's so quite a story. How do you Everyone see just, along the way of that was seems yeah. to have been involved. Yeah. So how do you see justice evolving on situations like that, Jonathan? What 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 do the people need to do, or what does the government need to do, or how how do you see this getting sorted out? I mean, here's here's where I think you know we we have conspiracy theories, and then we have the truth and facts. And I think this is where an interesting place where those two things meet is whenever you talk about the Clintons, and I know people are probably sick of talking about the Clintons, but this is where conspiracy theory and, and actual uh, subversives that are in government um, and their actions meet. Because if you've noticed, nothing has ever happened to the Clintons. Nothing. And I have on, on good, good source information that when Trey Gowdy and uh, the um, congressional staffer who was in charge of the Benghazi hearings, um, that uh, there was nothing that was going to happen. And they knew that going in. They they could uh-huh. say all they want. They could ask all the questions and dig and be mean and nasty. But they they already knew that nothing was going to come out of that. But Trey Gowdy, who people tend to worship for some strange reason, um, is a, uh, a backstabbing um, leftist, really. I mean, it, it, you, he may not profess leftist terminology, but the fact is, um, if you walk, walk, and step and hold hands with... Uh, with leftists, then you're doing their their bidding when you don't do anything, and that was Trey Gowdy. Mm, so we have uh, Paul Ryan not coming back to Congress. Uh, yeah, and I think I heard that Trey Gowdy mm-hmm. was a either. Um, is that correct information? Yeah, that's correct. But unfortunately, um, and his name's escaped me right at the moment. The guy that's taken over um, as the now the minority leader. Um, He's just as bad. He is a, a guy who uh, did whatever he could for John Boehner and Paul Ryan and, and basically uh, kissed his way into that position uh, by being somebody who um, was loyal to whoever was in charge and whatever agenda that they wanted. And all, all this, everything I'm telling you is coming from firsthand knowledge of people that are in or around Congress. And it's a scary thing. I mean, again, where conspiracy theory and fact meet, it's actually more intriguing than when we just go off on tangents of conspiracy theory. But, uh, you know, there's only, in in all of Congress, there's only about five people who run Congress. And those people are the most senior. Um, Well, that'd be Pelosi, right? Yes, that's one of them. Um, And who would the the other four be? Well, you just got to look at a lot of them. Is, this is a good thing about time is Mother Nature is taking care of several of them, John McCain and others. Um, <laughs> and I, you, know, you want to hear the conspiracy theory I heard on that? Go ahead. The conspiracy theory that I heard on that was that um, John McCain actually was given a choice between having a hero's funeral and um, leaving Congress. Uh, actually being executed, and there's uh, the conspiracy theory on that is that he actually was executed. Yeah. See, I, to me, well, here's what's interesting about those those types of conspiracy theories. They don't matter. That that is something that whether it was true or not, and I doubt very seriously it's true. It it 
it doesn't matter in the world. What John McCain did from the time he got into the Senate is what matters. And did John he McCain actually start ISIS? That's another one of the... Or was he a partner in ISIS? That was another one of the conspiracy theories. You know, I, I don't know. I don't have firsthand knowledge of any of that stuff. So, I, again, I can't, I can't expound on that. But let me just say this. The thing that is important here is that where the Founding Fathers messed up, I would say, and I don't like to say that the Founding Fathers messed up at anything, but they didn't see this, was that through seniority, not really term limits, I mean, term, we could term, we'll limit people's terms, but seniority is what's dangerous. Because if you want to sit on a um, any type of um, council, or if you want to be a part of any type of hearing, or, or anything like that, um, you are going to have to do the bidding of these senior people in Congress. It's not like you can go there and say, I'm going to make a difference. You right. have to go there and do the bidding of these people. And if you don't, you're going to be removed off the committees. You're not going and to be allowed Randy, to Randy, you may here. want to comment at this point, because isn't that why you stepped out of the race? It, it actually is a major part of it, because I was told when I ran for state senate that if I didn't get on the governor's agenda, then he wouldn't be on mine. So there was there's a lot, a lot more things. They also yes. said that you should be talking to people as though they were 15-year-olds or something like that, as I recall. It was she was told what she was going to say if she was level. elected. Yes. Well, they, they, D.C. actually sent in experts to talk to us and said that the average person is at about a seventh grade level, uh, and you have to talk to them at that level. So they sent in the most, the sharpest-looking people you could ever picture they sent them in to talk to us and to teach us how to do that. They actually set that up and, and made that happen. But, you know, all of that, and, and I just realized, you know, after they did very hit piece robocalls and things like that to voters in my district that this nightmare was not ever going to end. And I didn't have the power to overcome it. Jonathan is right. If you're not doing their bidding, they're going to remove you, period. Oh, yeah. term limits might work, or, or might not. I mean, doesn't it take a certain amount of time to actually get good at your job? I mean, in a good way? <laughs> For congressmen? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, hopefully the people that are showing up to Congress are people that have real experience. That's the problem. You know, you've got Ocasio-Cortez and, and these other people that have no experience in life, you know. But, but unfortunately, you know, you are right. You should show up and learn your job. But the problem with Congress is that uh, the seniority is built on ideology, not built on what's right and effective. So these people show up, and it doesn't matter what you know or how smart you are. It's, uh, can they get you elected? And then once you're elected, shut up and do what they tell you. Because most of the people that show up now in Congress uh, are lockstep already with uh, the ideology of whatever parties they're running for. And make no mistake about it, establishment in both parties are crooked. The, the oh, Democrats I, are, are leftists I, yeah. and the Republicans are criminal. One of my favorite cartoons was this little kid going, um, my grandfather and grandmother never would have voted those people even if they'd been alive. So there's a lot of, uh, there's still, I understand, um, investigations into Moore's Moore's election or non-election and I wondered if if you wanted to comment on voting corruption well you know it's um, interesting when we look at I mean when I look at the facts of of corruption and voting uh, what I'm what I've seen is that historically when you look back at the people who complained the loudest they were the ones who were actually doing the majority of the voter fraud and that's what you get from the Democrats is they they commit massive voter fraud and then they accuse the Republicans of of actually carrying it out. And that's a typical Solinsky type tactic, which is communist, is where they they go and they actually do an operation and then accuse the other side of it. And when you have echo chambers like CNN, <laughs> like the Russian meddling, yeah, and. Um, you know, and again, you know, you can't, you know, uh, sponsors for other radio programs don't like you say Hitler, but this is, these are tactics. Hitler, 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 used. Hitler. 
Yeah, these were tactics that were used by, you know, the the Hitler regime, Goebbels, and all those, and the propaganda machine. This is the same propaganda that was used by Stalin, and it's the same propaganda that is used by the left in this country. It's a surreal world we're living in. It's re- it, and and it's way worse than we even think. Correct. Way it's way worse than most people can even even fathom. I mean, yeah. Here's a perfect example. I see a story the other day that says people are leaving uh, Democratic-held uh, states by the droves. Like, for instance, Chicago or uh, Illinois lost uh, forty-eight thousand. New York lost forty-something thousand. And where are they moving? They're moving to states uh, that are conservative, rural oh, states: boy. Texas, Florida, places like that. And what do they do when they get there? They vote in the same type of people that they fled from. People are in <laughs> California. Yeah. Although so I'm in California, Jonathan, we're going crazy. I, I feel like we're being raped by the government here. No kidding. I, I but, totally but believe these forest fires here were started. Uh, it's, it's not conspiracy <laughs> theory to me. I've seen the blue lights out of the plains. I've seen the fact that the areas that were burned down had building permits issued for new houses. For railroad. Before the... I mean, it's I just outrageous out, out yeah. what's going on here. With, and our governor, oh, my God. Uh, Paul, if you wanted to step in and say something, a couple of sentences about Governor Moonbeam or California, we'd love to have you join us. Paul Brass is our, uh, one of our magical people that drops in periodically to the show, and he's on the bridge. Are you available, Paul? I'm certainly available, and I want to thank uh, the, the input we're getting from Jonathan. Uh, it's uh, very accurate. Uh, if, if anything, it's uh, uh, more subdued than I would like to hear. Uh, so, But uh, this, this, the facts uh, are there, and uh, if we're talking about voter fraud, uh, California is right up there. Uh, what used to be um, red turned into a raging blue. I'm talking about uh, Orange County, California. Uh, Orange County, California benefited from what I call the the residue of the John Birch Society, uh, which left uh, a, a strong, very strong conservative element. Uh, every uh, single politician uh, that was a Republican uh, was killed, overwhelmed. I personally spoke to some of them because the the loss occurred after the polls closed. Mimi Walters, number one. Young Kim, number two. Dana Rohrbacher, number three. I could name several more. Young Kim was already setting up her offices in Washington, D.C. when she got the word that uh, she'd actually lost the election. Uh, in fact, the key states in which outrageous voter fraud took place were Nevada, Arizona, New Mexico, Texas, and California. Absolutely outrageous. The voter fraud was primarily associated with uh, late votes cast by illegals. <laughs> and that, you, you know, that, totally that's right. it. The the state of California, in terms of uh, a loss of jobs, loss of companies, there's a mass exodus. If you take a look at what happened in 2018, the number of companies that left California because of the political climate, the social climate, and of course, the overwhelming tax burden, uh, it's, it's shocking. Where did they go? They went to Arkansas, they went to Iowa, uh, they went to Missouri. A lot of them went to Texas because Texas has, uh, you know, great tax laws. And Florida, as Jonathan was saying. And what uh, what we have now as a replacement for Governor Brown um, is simply going to continue Governor Brown's totally failed policies. Uh, in, including the the bullet train to nowhere, which is uh, o- over budget by eighteen billion dollars. I mean, it, it's 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 shocking. I uh, I'm a legal immigrant, you know, and and I'm wondering whether I should toss back uh, and and burn my uh, 
citizenship card uh, uh, somewhere in the, the public square. Not that it would do anything, but it would give you a lot of satisfaction. But the level of corruption uh, that we have seen as part of the legacy of uh, eight years of a failed president uh, has just continued. And the Republicans, I think I said on the first time I appeared on this show, that uh, the total production of Viagra in the world would not be sufficient to improve the impotence of the Republican Party and their total inaction. Well, thank you so, for that. I'll, I'll sit back and listen to Jonathan. Well, you, know, you, Jonathan. Any comments uh, or questions? No, I mean, I, I'm, I'm hearing exactly what I'm agreeing with everything he's saying. One thing that's interesting when that I noticed there that I've, I've heard a lot of people say when you said eight years of a failed presidency, the reality is, is that we were looking at uh, three failed presidencies as far as I'm concerned. You know, Clinton kept the status quo, but he killed the military. He killed the, the, uh, the morale and law enforcement. And yes, you can say that Clinton did that yeah. because of the things that he imposed. Um, then you had George Bush come in. Um, 9-11 happened on George Bush's watch. Uh, the whole war on terror, which he started, is a complete farce. And then uh, didn't rebuild the military, didn't rebuild law enforcement. And then we went straight into the Obama years. Obama devastated uh, this country in many, many different ways. And then what happens when Trump gets elected? The Republicans do nothing. And then they do nothing. They didn't have a health care plan for him. They didn't have anything. And then... All of a sudden, there's a, there's a Democrat uh, House of Representatives. So it's, it's as if we, you know, this country cannot have, because I don't believe that George Bush um, was any different than Bill Clinton. And, in fact, he's probably a worse president than, than Bill Clinton. And I, and I think that uh, when we look at the leadership and politics, Donald Trump is the only one, because the people elected him, He's the only one who uh, stepped out uh, uh, into, the, into the world of politics that, that didn't fit the establishment mold. And as soon as he got in, because they thought Clinton was going to get in, as soon as he got in, they flipped Congress and put the Democrats right back in charge. And I find that very, very interesting when we look at, because most people don't realize that the Republican and Democrat parties are private companies. And they're two private companies that own every single seat of government in the United States every local, every state, and every federal seat of government um, is owned by those two parties. And if you don't subscribe to what they, uh, with their ideologies, you're not going to get in. And I know a good buddy of mine, Scott Elinger, is a former CIA station chief, uh, former Navy officer, ran in Pennsylvania's, I believe, 5th District, and got defeated by a guy who is has zero experience in anything except for hanging out in politics for a little while. And that's the guy who won because he was the guy that the Republican Party put forward. Scott ran on a Republican ticket, but he didn't win because they didn't, they didn't back him. So who are and they? The Republican Party. No, when you talk about the, the ones that actually make the Republican yeah. Party and the Democratic it's Party the and who it is, who, who actually are the ones that are in the background running the, the two companies? Right. So it's interesting you said because I've traveled all over this country speaking to different Republican groups uh, for dinners and things like that, and none of them see eye to eye. Very few of them see eye to eye uh, with the establishment Republican Party in Washington D.C., which is different from Democrats. Is you go to a Democrat party, uh, and you're going to see that they all fall, uh, you know, because they're robots. They fall lock and step with whatever the Democrat Party puts out, and um, but. It's the similarity between the two parties is that in Washington, D.C., the ideologies that are put forward uh, and the, um, the, the control of the establishment, when I say the establishment, that's the leaders that keep uh, the ideologies in place and that keep those two parties, those two private companies in power, they will not pick people who are going to go against the grain. Because you know, we've, we've been, we've been big election. supporters on... We've been big supporters on the show for President Trump, and I, for one, come out every single week and talk about how much we love our president, because he was put in by the people. And you're saying yeah. all of this, and we know this, and it's just, it's unreal what 
what we're living through, can he turn it around in the years he's got or even if he gets another four years? If he does over and over again what he did in the Oval Office with Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, where he just goes ballistic and, and literally stops caring, he didn't care that day. And he told Chuck Schumer exactly what he needed to hear. If you don't fund the wall, I'm going to shut the government down, and I'm going to own that. If he did that every day he woke up he woke up for the next two years he, and stopped worrying about getting reelected, he will get reelected, one. And two, real sweeping changes will continue to happen. If he bends and subscribes to whatever the establishment uh, advisors are that are telling him to do this or do that, the generals... I don't trust any of them. The admirals don't trust them. Um, if he goes on his gut and then starts looking for real people who have real experience, just like he would if he was building a building, he's not going to build a bathroom or uh, put in piping in a building based on an ideology. He's going to find out who does it right. If right. he does that, he will win and he will make sweeping changes. If he doesn't, he will end up being a dinosaur. So how no do we get... how pumped up he is. How do we get these contacts contested elections uh, you know examined or turned around or or negated or as, as citizens I don't want to call myself a citizen I actually understand that if you're a citizen only if you live in Puerto Rico or Washington DC uh, that's why we start this program off with American state nationals because each one of us is supposed to be a national of our particular state so mm-hmm. but based on this conversation is there some way we can get these um, phony elections overturned well my okay this this is the answer to every question you'll ever ask about how do we get something done in government it is if and i I do use the term citizen and i'll tell you why because just like i use the term conservative and liberal i don't believe in conservative and liberal i believe in effective thinking but that's what most people know and that's what separates the country so that's why i use those terms but i do use the term citizenry because that's what the people understand right but here's the thing. If any problem that you want to solve in government, you know how people are funding this wall, and so they're sending in $50 here and $7,500 or $100 there. The guy's got like $18 million, right? First off, right nobody, yeah, nobody knows who that guy is, first of all. I mean, they, yeah, he's a veteran. He's a triple amputee. Nobody knows his agenda. He's not going to have to give that money back, and the money's never going to go to build a wall. So when we look at what people have done, they've determined, I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to stand up against government, and I'm going to do it by sitting on my rear end, and I'm going to send $50 in and let somebody else do the work. That is what keeps this country from moving forward, because people have resigned themselves to zero action. And when they do take action, it's just massaging. They need to get up, and the people need to have dialogue, and they need to be unified, and they need to start going together in mass against what the government does. If they can do it in France, if they can do it in Egypt, why can't the American people who are truly free do it? And it's because they're comfortable. And it comes well, not only can. that, I, I really think with the, the, the Democratic Party is absolutely talented and gifted at manipulating people's emotions and of course, all the yeah. false information that's been out. Now, I heard that there have been like over 10 attempts on Trump's life, and I, it seems like it could be true to me. I mean, it could, but we'll we'll never know probably whether or not what is true. I mean, there's another there's a rumor going around right now that some marine tried to shoot him, and there was I, don't know, I saw that the other day. Somebody sent me a thing last night actually uh, saying that on the grounds of the White House that a, that a marine guard tried to shoot the president, and some other marines were involved in the conspiracy. And so, but, but you know what? We have no way of proving it. None of that stuff's ever going to uh, be be fleshed out. So. Um, we can look at the reality of what actually works. And what works and has worked throughout history is when the people stand together. But if you make the people worried about whether or not transgenders are in the military or whether or not they're wearing the right clothes, or if you give them cell phones that they never take their face away from and they'd rather sit on their couch and do something productive, the the citizenry or nationals or whatever you want to call them, they're never going to get up. The biggest unifying factor that this country has in its people is that they're lazy and they don't do anything. 
Well, some people, just to throw an opposite out there, you know, some people did do a lot of things on social media, and then they were censored. Their pages were stopped completely. Sure. Uh, some. You know, some. But we, the key word there is some. You said some people. The people. You know, the people mm-hmm. have to realize that together they will rise and together they will fall. And some people are not going to make a difference. They'll make some a little difference. You know what I mean? But in order to mm-hmm. make sweeping change in government, and like I said earlier, there's nobody sweeps government. Nothing happens in government sweepingly, except for when the people stand together. And when that happens, you know, watch out. Well, we've real, got Black Lives that. Matter. We've got pussy women. We've got all kinds of stuff going on that has been ex- ex- my own daughter, bless her heart, is totally uh, has totally bought the whole women's issue thing. For instance, yeah. And I know darn well that Black Lives Matter was created by George Soros, and probably if John McCain probably had his two feet in there as well. Uh, three communists, three female, three, three female communists. Pelosi, mm-hmm. we mentioned. Um, I, I would guess that Chuck Schumer would be another one of the leaders that you were talking about that run Congress. Would that be true? Oh, abs- absolutely. Yeah, Kevin McCarthy. So got, the guy I was talking about this in charge of the Republicans now. So he's, pardon? you know, he's Kevin McCarthy. He's the ultimate butt kisser. That guy. <laughs> yeah, and who are the other two? Let's not forget, he's the one that gave her the gavel on TV. That's right. Of course, because he's fine with it. He's, you know, he's he's got his power, um, and his power is to shut up and do what he's told, and and he's really good at that, you know, and that's his power. Yeah. So, but you know, and, and again, in all this, the the downfall of this nation is that. The founding fathers who understood what it takes to defeat tyranny is a unified people. Um, and they set that in place that this country would be ran by the people, governed by the people. We are the fourth branch of government. We, we're, the, we're the overseers, not the media. It's us. But we, the people, have failed at our job. And when you fail at a job like that, nefarious people will immediately step into that void. And that's what's happened. Well, you know, you know the, we have the we have the education that's been going on for the last twenty or thirty years. Okay, in fact, probably more than that. So we've been lied to in our in our schools and in our education and things of that nature. And then we've been given cell phones and um, things to distract us and little games to play. And people think they're having relationships when they send some emojis back and forth to each other. And I think it's not just that people are lazy. I think that people are uneducated. Uh, the actual tagline for this radio show is that it's radio for intelligent people. What Randy said earlier about the 15-year-olds, uh, I was told the same thing when I was, first got on radio back in 1987, that you should talk to people like they're 15 years old and, or you won't get as big an audience. And you know what? I chose to speak to intelligent people. And... <laughs> And intelligent people are listening, and yes, our audience is smaller, okay? However, it's also more powerful uh, because we've got people that are teachers and people that are actually, you know, offering alternative situations here. You won't hear what we're talking about today um, on Channel 7. No. Or 2 or 4. You won't hear any of this. So it's not, and and the quotes powers that be are the ones that are making sure that that doesn't happen, which is why you're probably going to But here's what's interesting. I wanted you to actually mention your Facebook page for listeners um, so that they can go to your Facebook page, and I wanted you to mention your book again before, while there's still time to do that, and make sure that you get the coverage that you deserve, sir. Um, Let me just say this one thing real quick. It's interesting, you know, we're talking about the media and whether people are smart or been dumbed down. I do believe in learned helplessness. But I also believe that no matter what the media and the government does, it's very interesting because the majority of people that I talk to understand that what's going on. They understand we're, we're being dumbed down, that we're being taught learned helplessness. But still the people don't do anything together about it. They just sit on their couches. You know, so but pe- people can let me know what they think. They can go to my Twitter. is jgilliam underscore seal. And I'm on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. I don't really know why I'm on Instagram, but um, at Jonathan T. Gilliam. And uh, the name of the book is Sheep No More, The Art of Awareness and Attack Survival, 
they can get that anywhere books are sold. And you get that book. It's an easy read. I, I didn't use operational lingo. I, I wrote it as though I was telling my mom how to do this. That's and, good to uh, hear because I'm a mom, yeah. and that was what, I, what my first reaction was. Oh, my God, is this too complicated for me? No. No, I wrote it as though my mom, who is an amazingly smart woman, but but is not an operator, uh, a special forces operator. I talk, so I'm. It's as if I'm teaching her, and so it's an easy, smooth read. Once you read the book, then when the workbooks come out, you'll be able to take those and apply them to your life, and it, you'll be amazed at how once in anything, once the awareness uh, lever clicks, you it's a Pandora's box of, box of awareness. You just see things differently in the world. Yep. That sounds amazing. That's exactly why we have it here. Randy, go for it. Well, I wanted to have Jonathan comment on the Navy SEAL, former Navy SEAL, or I guess he is actually, Eddie Gallagher. And yeah. what's what's going on with him? He's being uh, charged. Railroaded. Uh, with, with war crimes. Yes. Yeah. Did you want to I mean, comment it's a very, on that? It's a very simple story. Um, they were in a firefight. They were uh, taken back over Mosul, which the president said, "I want Mosul back." They sent Eddie, who is an eight, had been this was on his eight tour. He fought everybody. He's fought ISIS. He's fought Al Qaeda. He's fought the Taliban. And now they're fighting ISIS in Mosul, and they were up against about fifty ISIS fighters. They killed all of them except for one uh, teen fighter that was still alive, barely. Um, the Iraqis brought him in because they wanted to see if. They could revive him so he could be interrogated, and then they wanted to behead him. Uh, so they, Eddie worked on him. He had an artery uh, that had been uh, shot in his leg, so he was bleeding out. He had a sucking chest wound and a crushed trachea. Eddie, who's a medic and the chief of the platoon and another guy, worked on this kid and couldn't save him. The guy died. Um, but unfortunately, Eddie was a hard, is a hard charger, and he's a hard leader to work for because he expects you to give 100% when you're in battle. And there were mm-hmm. new guys, and this is the problem with leftists in, go- in government in the DOD, is that they've recruited people who are weak and weak in their mind. And it's even in the SEAL teams. It's in the officer corps big time in the SEAL teams. And so there were like three guys that did not like Eddie. Eddie pulled them and chastised them in public um, and said that they were you know, that they were a danger because they weren't fighting effectively. And then he made what I believe is the mortal mistake of saying, and I know that you cheat on your wives. So if I can't trust you and to cheat, you know, to not cheat on your wife. And I know that, uh, and, and you're quitting when we're fighting, how can I trust you to do your job? Well, those guys went back and a couple months later, ginned up a story that they took to NCIS around their chain of command and said that Eddie had, taken a knife and stabbed this guy and killed him as he was dying. And the JAG Corps, which is the, uh, the Judge Advocates uh, Corps in the, uh, the military, is far left. None of them have ever been in battle, so they don't they're even train for battle, so they don't understand the reality of war, yet they're the ones that are policing the fighters. And they took this, and um, NCIS did arrested Eddie on September 11th of all days held his mm. kids at gunpoint in their underwear out in their front yard, and Eddie has been held in jail uh, in the brig ever since, charged with uh, with first-degree uh, murder, uh, pre- premeditated murder, which uh, he could get life in prison if he's charged with, and a host of other charges. Yesterday he was finally arraigned, but we don't know the outcome of that for another week. So he's still okay. in jail. Jonathan, please. Would Say you? Yes. Would you keep us I, posted? Oh, absolutely, yeah. And that's on my Facebook page. I'm putting updates on there all the time. Great. That That is uh, definitely an interesting story. And, you know, the thing is, is... story to me, boy. You're being nice, Randy. I'm horrified by... It um, is terrible. But this is this was commonplace. Oh. Yeah, there's, there's several stories like this where guys are getting... Um, they're getting charged with murder of, in, in a combat zone. There's a guy from the Army Special Forces. They brought a, a suspected bomb maker in, questioned him, and because of the rules of engagement are so messed up, they had to release him after a period of time. Instead of keeping him as a war criminal or a prisoner of war, they had to release him. So he followed the guy out, 
and killed him. Oh. Because he didn't want a bomb maker going back into making bombs. And he is being brought up on murder charges as well. I mean, this happens over and over and over again. And the thing is, is, and you were right, it permeated our whole country. Things like this, whistleblowers with the VA, whistleblowers and Department of Natural Resources. I know story after story. It, they permeated every facet of our country. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The, the, the real, the big problem with the deep state in this country is real. They, and they exist in places of power. So it's not just Congress. It's the aides that work for Congress. It's the senior executive service, which is 7,000 strong and run every single agency in the government. It's the, it's the, the DOD executives, the generals, the admirals, the, the civilian aides that work there, and the JAG Corps, these, these uh, not civilian, but they're, I mean, they're almost like civilians, but these attorneys. Um, this is where the deep state works. And if anybody wants to know what the deep state is, it's communist globalism. That's it, and these people are working towards no borders. There were if you. I went to Ireland a couple of months ago, and it was crazy. Everybody was neutered. The men acted effeminate. The women acted neutral. There was no borders. There was nobody from Ireland. You go into you go to a restaurant. The service you're getting is from somebody from Brazil or the Ukraine. There's nobody from Ireland, oh. and that's what they want. That's what they want. Yeah, well, they also want to reduce the world population, and I know darn well that's no story. You know, I know that's an action, but I, with the food we've been fed and the crimes against that, and oh, I can't eat what corn anymore. To... I used to be able to. I used to love corn. If I eat corn out of a can now, it destroys me. Yeah, mm -hmm. well, take a look at what happens if you put out um, GMO corn and a, and a piece of corn that's you know properly grown. Birds will take one bite out of the GMO corn and then they'll eat the other corn. The birds know yeah. the difference, okay? So, I mean, there's just so much going on here. I'm curious, uh, what do you think is going to happen to Comey, if anything? Well, if it, it, it falls in line with what happened with the Clintons, nothing. See, that's the, the, it, it, he's guilty. I've been saying it since day one. I mean, you could look at who this guy was and how he acted, and, and he falls line and step with the way the rest of them fall in line. You know, the Clintons and anybody that's in the deep state, they act as though they'll sit right there and say stuff that you're like, well, this person's lying or they're guilty or they're minimizing and nothing happens to them. And Comey is a protected individual. The only way something will happen to Comey is if uh, somebody bigger than him could be affected in a positive manner then, or, or if he, for some reason, starts talking and gets truth under his gut, uh, they'll, they'll, you know, he'll fall. But I don't think it's going to happen because Comey's become very rich. How would he, rich who would be bigger than Comey? Well, uh, senators, congressmen, um, people that are still in the deep state. Oh, they could put this puppy down in your mind when yeah, you're thinking. Mueller. <laughs> Mueller. But but they all walk walk and step together. So I, I don't think there's going to be anybody that that puts Comey down, unfortunately. Wow. That's why I said the Republican impotence. Okay, uh, and yeah. it's tragic because there's a couple of dozen people running outside there who should wow. be behind bars. But don't and you, you, you and I both know who they are. Don't, don't you think that's a self-imposed impotence of the Republican Party? Yeah, uh, for sure. I look at the Republican Party, and I, I think, you know, Jim Jordan, uh, Nunez, uh, there's just not enough of them. I agree. I agree. What's some of the good guys? Jonathan, have you heard of her? Who is it? Marianne Williamson ran for the 33rd District in California, and she actually is, of course, a miracles person, a very spiritual person. And I said, why are you running for Congress? They'll chew you up. And she said, I'm running for Congress because of the fact that um, 19 people, she said, and there's, she said there's already 17 or 18 of them there, 19 people can actually block the Democratic actions. 
And I thought that was a really interesting take. She wasn't running for Congress to be a great Congress person. She was running for Congress to be a Republican so she could block Democratic advances. And I thought that to, I thought that was very courageous. That was her. She ran on that as a. She got to have eighteen other people, or ain't gonna do her any good. Well, she said so. they were already there, and that's why she wanted to be there. And then they yeah. were trying to get other people there. So I was curious. I haven't talked to her recently, but I did was she curious. win or no? Eighteen people were. You know, not the first go round. She did not. No. Okay. Uh, you know, Duncan Hunter. Speaking of. Speaking of California, Duncan Hunter, Duncan Hunter has also gone out, gone to bat for Eddie Gallagher. By the way, I just wanted to say that. Oh, that's great! Oh, so we good. Left in the show, and I get to have a minute and a half of it. So, uh, closing comment, Randy, Jonathan, Paul. You know, like two sentences. Uh, Jonathan, thank you so much. I mean, it's sometimes it's scary talking to you and, and hearing all of this. Thank you for being on the show and helping to wake people up. Yeah, we love you. Just, just keep spreading the truth. That's any any way we can do it. That's what we have to do. Oh, the clock is ticking, and Jonathan turned it on for us again and again and again. We have to wake up. And where is Daryl Iso when we need him? <laughs> this program has been brought to you by Kirkard Intergalactic Media. Our radio partners: ConingCompany.com, Happily200.com, HeavenIncorporated.com. Annabon Wrights, Dr. James Murphy, John Denver, Dr. Joe Wallach, Sheriff uh, Richard Mack, Tippy Hedron, Cash, Carol Channing, Deepak Chopra, uh, Wolfgang Holbig, and William P. Dunn, Ed Asner, Dennis Weaver, Larry Hagman, and Esther Williams, Admiral Eugene Carroll, Jane Goodall, uh, Jonathan Gradoff, and Sherry Sharifi Brown, Bonnie Hogan Miller, Edward F. Group III. We need to get him back, Randy. RandyShannon.com, uh, David R., descendant of King David, uh, Jonathan Gilliam, DrValerie.com, and Dr. is all spelled out. Thanks to Paul C. Bragg for leaving us your daughter, Patricia, to continue your work. A big thanks to our team at Voice America, Jeff Spinard, our producer, Ryan Treasure, Randy Jackman, and our friends at Cumulus Radio, Mike Vitale, Mary Flynn, and Ron Simon, and our research director, Ron Hayes, to uh, John Young at Totally Gospel, be well. We really want you to be well for this year. This man has been an amazing contribution to spreading uh, Waking Up in America's Word uh, and our friendship over the years. A big thanks to our webmaster, Joseph Chung. Merci beaucoup to Bet Migan for our theme music, Almost Ordinary People, which is available to you free as an MP3 next week. Invite a friend to listen. Be kind to yourself and someone else. And have a very, very happy New Year. Uh, you guys want to wish everybody Happy New Year, too? Yes, Happy New Year to all of our listeners. And thank you, Mike, for always being the greatest. <laughs> happy New Year to all of us, to all of you. And I hope it's going to be a, a slightly more rational New Year than last year. We'll see. Well, we're, we're, we're doing the best we can to start it off for you. Make sure you get go check out Jonathan Gilliam and, and his book and hop over to his Facebook page and be informed. Because we do make a difference, and thanks for listening. And you're not crazy anymore. You've Thank you for joining us today for Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkgaard. Waking Up in America can be heard live every Wednesday on voiceamerica.com, and Valerie welcomes all emails at heavenincorporated.com. This is for all you knew. Pouring through, now your heart is...